Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Music Biz Weekly Podcast. I am one of your two co-hosts, Michael Brandvold, and as always, I'm joined by Jay Gilbert. How are you doing today, Jay? Great, Michael. So, as everybody can see, if you're watching us on video, if you're listening to us, you don't know this yet. Um, we've got a special guest sitting here with us. Actually, not sitting with us, because he's in the Netherlands. So, Jay's in L.A., I'm in San Francisco, and our guest is in the Netherlands today. Today, we are joined by Booty, correct? Correct. Correct. And I'll let you pronounce your last name to make sure. Because, listen, my last name is Brandvold. It's Norwegian. Uh-huh. And, it, and, it, and it gets slaughtered so many times that uh, go, <laughs> go, go ahead and pronounce your last name. Yeah, so my name is Booty Vogt. Okay. Now that and, G is, is difficult. And and it's spelled B-U-D-I, and then the yep. last name is V-O-O-G-T. Correct. So, um, Booty, give us a little bit of uh, you know the two-minute drill as to who you are, what do you do, why are we talking to you? Okay, definitely. So, first <laughs> of all, thank you guys for having me. Uh, I know you're killing it with the podcast, and of course, I've seen you pop up numerous times because because we're in this space. Um, I, I am the co-founder and CEO of Heroic. We are a label group and a management agency with a big vision to empower creators. And so we're based here in the Netherlands, but we have part of our team worldwide. Uh, we're 11 people now. And essentially, we're an artist accelerator. So basically, with the record label, we discover artists. Typically, when they're very early in their careers, we bring them to market. Our whole premise is doing this by leveraging digital, by taking minimal resources and using platforms like YouTube, SoundCloud, blogs, Hype Machine to get them traction. And then the best artists we upstream into our management agency and we try and build real sustainable careers for them. And so most notably, we, we represent an artist called Son Holo as we're playing Han Solo. <laughs> and... With Son, we did a first EP in September 2014, and, and back then he was still teaching guitar. He had 2,000 followers on SoundCloud. I was much greener then than, than I was today, not to say that there's still not a ton to learn. But, but Son sure. had those 2,000 followers and basically no traction, and, and right now he's over 260,000 on SoundCloud. We just put out his new single yesterday. We did 150,000 plays in a day. Um, and in the last year, he's performed Tomorrowland, Ultra, Coachella. So basically, in electronic music, he's done D key festivals. And uh, basically, our label and, and, and agencies' focus is, is primarily electronic music, but we're branching out, and uh, it's, it's very much a digital game. And um, beyond that, I write about this stuff on my blog, and I have a book about SoundCloud. Yeah. Well, you know, so the, the the SoundCloud portion of this is what I really would love to focus on for the next half hour or so. I, I know, speaking for myself, um, you know, I use SoundCloud, and I have a lot of my clients will use SoundCloud. But when I say use, it's used more as, well, I got to put some music up somewhere because somebody needs to listen to something. Um, it's not really actively worked like a social network i guess you could say mm-hmm. um you know i don't know yeah, it's more well, utilitarian it's, it's, it's more uti- yeah it's more utilitarian you know again the, the the booking agent wants to hear the album all right well let me throw it up on soundcloud and i'll give you a private link done um mm-hmm. 
how do you how do you get get somebody like myself or artists over the hurdle of all right SoundCloud is more than just a music locker and you can actually you know how how do you grow your presence how do you become really active in it you know the this podcast amongst various other outlets is available on SoundCloud mm-hmm. um but how do you get how do you get the listens? How do you get the followers? Well, you know, what are the tips, the tricks? I mean, how do you use this service? So I think it starts with with a basic premise of understanding that the demographic of SoundCloud users is quite young. I think electronic music was one of the first genres of music to be really adopted by the platform. But by now, they're boasting over 150 million monthly plays. And I think even roughly in in the 30 million active users range but they've never broadcasted this data they stopped doing that ever since they got into the licensing issues but but so there's a significant user base and i think now it's transcended beyond the electronic music into being applicable for all styles of music but even for podcasts for example such as this one i i feel that because the demographic is so low there's a lot of engagement it's much more a community and i feel like in comparison to youtube where we're all familiar with the traditional comment hate below the vir- videos where we've all sort of assumed that it's a waste of your time to go and read them. At SoundCloud, what you're noticing is that there's whole communities of people thriving off reposting each other, supporting each other's music, even record labels starting from just being channels on the platform that upload cool artists' music to then starting digital distribution to then reposting more. And then these collectives actually start and become sustainable things. And I think there's a few things that facilitate SoundCloud's ability to do so. And, and first of all, is the visualized waveform, right? So you're able to see the music, you're able to find, okay, here's where it gets interesting. You have the timed comments, which initially, by the founders' expression of why they started the platform, is because they were then able to give timed feedback on records. Like, hey, I don't like this, this part of the chorus. Maybe, maybe you want to change it up. The, the, the bridge is a little bit slow, so forth. And so what you're seeing now, especially uh, among singer-songwriters, producers, they're sending out tracks when they're working on stuff, giving feedback. For example, uh, I, I take it most of the, the artists who are going to be listening to this have a close circle of friends who, who they give feedback to and receive and try to solicit when they're working on new material. I think that's where it comes into being a really good tool. And then probably two years ago, SoundCloud started a feature called Repost. And not sure if you guys are familiar with the repost. Um, explain it, just because I'm sure we're going to have listeners who aren't. Yeah, this is very basic. It's essentially a, a republish. It's like a share on Facebook, but then instead of you needing to upload content to your own feed, which of course broadcasts it to all your followers, what happens when you repost something is you don't upload it to your feed, but the asset does appear on your actual stream, but then it is broadcast to every single one of your followers' streams. And I feel Facebook is a very powerful, uh, I feel SoundCloud is a very powerful platform because unlike Facebook, the feed that you see as a consumer, if you just log into the platform trying to listen to music, it isn't determined algorithmically. So you're just chronologically going to see all the content that's uploaded and reposted by all the people you follow, which means, of course, that the relative value of a follower is much higher than it is, for example, as the like of a Facebook page, right? Where we've all seen that, 
and now it's better than it was before, but we've all seen two years ago, you have 10,000 likes on a Facebook page, and if you're not super engaged, you, paste it, you, you, you post a post, and you don't boost it, you get maybe 5 to 10% of your audience seeing that, which is a waste, right? And, and obviously, that was their big push to generate more advertising dollars. And now that they changed the algorithm, it's sort of started improving a bit. But for SoundCloud, that influencer has not been there. It's, it's not been, been algorithmic, or however you want to say that yet. Um, that has created a ton of opportunities. So maybe you guys are aware of uh, YouTube promotional channels like Mr. Mm-hmm. Suicide Sheep yep. and the sorts. Yep. Yeah, so, so what's happened is I think the YouTube promotional tra- uh, trend kind of preceded the same trend of blogs, Hype Machine, but also SoundCloud music promotional channels. And what's happened is that independently, a lot of channels that curate music have, have dawned on SoundCloud where they are curating the music that they like, reposting the stuff by artists they want to support, but even uploading records because they have leveraged big follower accounts themselves. But concurrently, what you've seen is that big blogs, like This Song is Sick, for example, which you guys may have heard of. I don't know if my browser open now, but I think their, their account is in the hundreds of thousands. And so what they will do is a blog is actually say, hey, you want me to feature or premiere your record? Sure, that's fine, but I want to get the exclusive SoundCloud upload for the first three days which they then use right, to build their followers, but it is a great exposure tool. Sure. And so all these blogs have, have done a big SoundCloud push, and then also all these YouTube promotional channels. So for example, we work very closely with a YouTube channel called Trap Nation, and Trap is basically a, an evolution of hip-hop, and it's this new big electronic music channel, uh, genre and I think Trap Nation is approaching 5 million followers. And so Saul Nahola, one of our artists, he has a record up on that channel with 100 million plays. And that one channel is obviously building a presence on SoundCloud. So to get to the more practical execution of how you then build that audience is what we do is we have a network of artists in a similar style that we're pushing. We have a network of music promotional channels. And then when we roll out releases, we ask them, hey, you want to support our release? But then in the process of doing that, right, and at the start it's all about building goodwill and and maybe even giving up some of your uploads to some of these channels so that they could upload it independently. But as you start building followers yourself, you have leverage to then do something that we call a repost trade, where it may be, hey, I have an account with 10,000 followers, you have an account with 12,000 followers or something in that range. Would you support my record and I'll support your latest upload? And so, so what you can... So, so I was, I was going to say, so it sounds like, uh, you, you know, like each, each social network has got the, the conversion you go for. You know, Twitter, you want, you're pushing people to do a retweet. To, on, you know, on Facebook, you're pushing somebody to share your post. It sounds like in, in SoundCloud's world, you want that repost. That's, that's what you want somebody to do with your music above clicking the like button, clicking a favorite button. You want them to repost it. Is that, is that the big goal now? I feel the goal is plays. And repost is the best way to acquire those. Well, yeah, yes. The, the, the ultimate goal is definitely plays. Yeah. But to get those plays, you, you know, 
you, you've only got, you can only ask people to do one thing. You can't sit here and go, all right, well, can you click the favorite button? Can you click the play button? Can you repost it and do this as well? People are not going to do multiple things. You know, you, you can get them to do one thing if you're lucky. Is that one thing a repost? Is that what you really would like? Well, actually, are you guys familiar with something called like to downloads? Like to download gating, as yes. you call it? Yeah. Yes. So with the rise of SoundCloud, a whole bunch of technology players have jumped into the space to develop like to download tools. And in the early advent of these, these were basically, you know, these custom HTML Facebook page extensions where it was like you like this page and then you can unlock the MP3 download and you hosted it by uploading it to the FTP of your website right, and you got right. the download. It was terrible. And then that capped out the bandwidth or your website, like you guys know. Well, right? and, and, and Facebook used to be big on that, you know, yes. like, like, like your Facebook page um, and uh, you, can, you can download a track. Obviously, yeah. they, they killed that sure. whole functionality, basically. So, so there's, like the downloading is really interesting. And, and, and before, before I get into the practicality of that is, I think it's important for artists to realize that the relative value of a follower on Spotify or SoundCloud and even YouTube is much higher to them than it's going to be of a follower on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. Because obviously, when you open up your Facebook feed, you've liked a ton of pages and you're not exactly there to consume music per se. So you may be exposed to the latest release of your newest or your, or your favorite of your favorite band, but you may be opening Facebook just because you're bored and not exi- not exactly looking to consume music because you might be at work, not able to listen to stuff, not have your earbuds, headphones, whatever. Right. Whereas obviously, if you have a follower on on Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, and then let's start with Spotify and SoundCloud, right? They obviously go to those platforms to consume music, so the relative value of that follower is going to be much higher to you. And then also taking into account the fact that there is no algorithm, so the actual people that you're going to be able to expose to your music, you know, one SoundCloud follower is just actually one person who has a pretty good chance of seeing your music, as opposed to one Facebook like, yeah, yeah. like we discussed. No, you, that, you make a good point. And, you know, I, I think that it begs the question. You know, when you're talking about your ultimate goal, is it promotion or is it commerce? You know, because you look at SoundCloud and traditionally, I I love discovering new music and SoundCloud is such a great vehicle to do that. Um, But if you're looking for those spins to generate, you know, you want to be part of a festival, let's say, an EDM festival that's coming up and that's one of the things that they look at, then that's super valuable. If you've got tons of spins, you can use that as currency to get into a festival or to get a record company to notice you if that's your goal and so on. But is there also, besides this promotional and kind of career advancement, is there also a a commerce angle that you'd like to pursue through uh, SoundCloud, whether it's you know through their paid service or any other avenue. A hundred, a hundred percent. So, so obviously, and we'll get back to the like-getting. Obviously, there's a, a direct means of of monetization, right? Which is might be, hey, I have a Bandcamp page. I'm selling a digital download. I'm selling access via or or access to myself and work-in-progress material via Patreon, whatever, right? You could do the direct stuff, monetizing your audience. And then there's the indirect way, which is, which, and these are two things we do concurrently, which is, for example, we get a record to a million plays, 
And then we take that record with a million plays and we go look for a manager in this case. That would be me, right? We go find a booking agent and then they use that. The booking agent uses the asset to then go to the promoter to say, hey, this artist is popping. You guys sure. should book him. Radio um, play, playlists on the streaming services, etc. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so what we're finding actually is that because the value of the SoundCloud play uh, follower is, is quite high and these are engaged people is that we've really been able to with our entry points being SoundCloud, been able to build a very engaged social media audience by pushing all these people into the funnel. So the acquisition mechanism might be YouTube channels and SoundCloud channels and blogs. And we pull those in where you get the layer of Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We pull those in deeper. We get the email addresses, the websites. We run the email automation. And then there's, right, there's the tree, yeah, drip, sure. automated emails that's like, hey, guys, how to discover our music, check out the merchandise, here's the latest release, and so forth. And, and so with these acquisition social media platforms at the top, we've been able to sort of establish an engine for acquiring new fans that just scales very nicely. Also because the people in turn on a platform like SoundCloud, through reposting, when a new track comes out, they repost that stuff. So our reach is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger because there's more people willing to immediately give us that kickstart. Um, I feel that's super exciting. Yeah. You know, when when you as an artist start your SoundCloud account, and this is going to be just like any other social network, obviously you've got no followers. I, th you know, what what's the best way? to acquire more followers. I mean, you need to find that audience. How do you find the audience on SoundCloud? I mean, there's plenty of tips and tricks. I mean, it's, you know, is, is it as simple as, hey, go find another SoundCloud artist and start following all everybody who follows them, but SoundCloud only limits you to following 2,000 people. Once you hit 2,000 people, you can't follow anymore. Mm -hmm. So, you know, how do you, how do you, Break through that barrier. How do you how do you get those numbers? So, I would do this. To begin with, I would put out, and and obviously I'm saying this from an electronic music perspective, where the iteration cycle of creating music is quite quite quick, right? So right. what we've done with an artist like Sound Hollow, I kid you not, first year we released 19 singles in the first year almost every two to three weeks. What I would advise, if you're starting out, you have no fan base, no traction, no nothing, zero, but your music is excellent, put out a single. Don't do the album thing. Don't do the EP thing. You could do it packaging, right? When you put out four singles, you could package it like on Spotify as an EP, but on social media, right? On SoundCloud, upload a single every three to four weeks. Do that consistently. Before you start out doing that, first build a buffer of three records so that by the time you put out your third record, you've had enough time to create the rest. Right. To keep that consistency up. I think the fundamental premise of this is that once you build momentum, you can't drop the ball because then you got to start again. Right. And we all know the cycle of, and the supply of music, you know, it's, it's incredible. So you're going to get mm -hmm. snowed under. Now, I would play the, the like to download game. There's a bunch of platforms such as Hive, such as Tone Dance, such as Artist Union. And I especially like Artist Union, which is co-founded also by Justin Kahn, who sold Twitter, uh, who sold Twitch to Amazon for almost, a, I think, a billion. It's crazy. Uh, I met them in San Francisco two months ago, and, and it's very interesting 
because these are incredibly data-driven tech entrepreneurs who've been able to take what used to be a custom HTML page on the Facebook tab, right? Right. And they turned it into a platform where you can exchange a free download for a like on SoundCloud, a follow on SoundCloud, a repost on SoundCloud, a follower on Instagram, a follower on a Spotify account, a follower on a Spotify playlist, a Twitter follower, even recently introducing a Snapchat follower, which is hugely valuable to us because no one's really started leveraging yet, yet or, or very few people have started doing that successfully. And so what I would advise that artists do is that they create gates Okay, so I would begin with the premise that you're going to give all of your music away for free, the MP3s, but simultaneously you're going to use a service like TuneCore, like RootNotes, and distribute it because the value is going to be in building a fan base and getting them to consume on streaming because downloads are going to die anyway. So you're going to distribute your content to iTunes, to Apple Music, to Spotify. Simultaneously, once you put it out on SoundCloud, you put it out with a download button and if you get a SoundCloud Pro account, you can customize the free download button. You could write download, then link that to the artist union like it. And you're going to make the download accessible in exchange for a like, a follow, and a repost on SoundCloud. Now, then it will mean that, and we ran the numbers on this. We tested this against a lot of releases. On average, we get 4 to 6% of people listening to a track on SoundCloud to click that download button. And on artist union, conversion is roughly between 40 to 60% on that gate. Wow. So, so if we run off the basic assumption that let's say your music is excellent and the people you're acquiring to your track is great and it may, may, might mean that 100,000 plays, about 0.5% of those people are going to organically follow you, right? So 100,000 plays is going to be 500 followers, right? That's like the basic math we got. This is without a like it. 100,000 plays, 500 followers. But you add that free download button in there, and it's giving you 100,000, right, times, let's be conservative, 4%, so that's 4,000 people, and then half of them roughly convert, converting on the gate, which is 2,000 followers. So now those 100,000 plays is not going to equate to 500 followers, but to 2,500 followers. So you just 5x the return on what those play counts are going to do for you. Now, obviously, the value is not in the sheer metric of a follower. You still got to pull these people into your funnel, right. get them get them to become super fans, have interesting sure. content mix on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, hit them with the email marketing, offer them value, but it does make life a lot simpler. And yeah. because that repost is in that gate, it means that every time someone downloads that track, it will get increased longevity because it's blasted to a new list of followers. And then what we did, right, for example, with San Holo and the other management clients we have, is we just run this, like, Three weeks, three weeks, three weeks, new track, new track, new track, and it keeps building. And then, sorry for ranting for a little bit. No, 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 no. this is really interesting. Um, and, and then obviously, and here's the biggest hurdle, of course, you have zero followers. How are you going to get the first thousand people to play that track in the first place, right? That's the hardest part. Yes, so here's what I would do. I would pinpoint, I would go to Hype Machine and to YouTube. I would look for five similar acts that make your kind of music, that have recently done well, I would go to Hype Machine, I would go to Google, I'd go to YouTube, I'd look for their most recent tracks that have popped off, and then I would research every single blogger or music promotion promoter that's covered 
that yeah. music. I was going to ask you that, how important blogs are, especially in EDM. And then also, as a lot of people you know, are starting to realize, the first large playlists on the Spotify's of the world were EDM and it reached those really high numbers. And they're also user-curated as opposed to Spotify-curated or label-curated. So I'm sure there's got to be some opportunity for, A, the blogs because they're influenced, but B, some of those key, you know, EDM playlists on Spotify. Yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, I, th- I think blogs are incredibly crucial. I do think that their relevance in comparison to three years ago has gone down. Like recently yeah. I pulled up a, a Google Trends, you know, where you're able to see like sure. how often people are looking for specific phrases. Hype Machine has gone down, but YouTube prom- promotional channels and Majestic Casual and Suicide Cheap has gone up. Um, but, but to get those initial followers, what I would do is look for five similar acts that have recently popped off, take one track for each of these acts, go to Google, YouTube, Hype Machine, search for those records, then you reverse engineer. You find every single promoter that's covered one of these tracks. You use a tool like emailhunter.com or Voila Norbert, and I could drop you guys links after this. They're, they're great. great. These are, yeah, that would be great. These are basically tools that run the basic email combinations, like first letter of the first name plus last name at domain.com or first name, last name at domain.com. They just run that against the domain tables to find the correct email addresses. It's very powerful. And what I would then do is build a database of, let's say, 50, 50 curators. And then you make sure that your music and your branding is impeccable. And then you send them an email saying, hey, I saw you posted about this artist. I just put up my, my new release. It's available as a free download now. We'd love you guys to cover it. You include the SoundCloud link. Then maybe out of those 50, two of them are going to respond to get you your initial traction. And then those two might bring in your first 100 followers. But then that download gate's going to kick in. So you're going to have a few people converting the followers. And then you repeat, you repeat, you repeat. And then the return on your investment is going to increase every time you, you build your network on the one side, right? Because now you know two bloggers. But on the back end, your, your audience grows. So the return on your existing releases, like the reach, is going to increase. Um, that would be it in a, in a nutshell, I guess. Oh, that's good. That's interesting. Now, um, you've written a book on SoundCloud, correct? Mm-hmm. Is, is all of this information and more included in that book? Yes. Okay. But- but well, I noticed a, you had several versions of that, uh, yes. You had the, you know, the book. Then you had kind of the book and some case studies, and then you had kind of an ultimate package. Um, can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So I have two, or we have two core products. Number one is the SoundCloud Bible. Mm-hmm. SoundCloud Bible is updated every year. Just like the other product, by the way. Um, do you do that? I noticed that this was kind of a PayPal thing. Is it on Amazon and, and available, or is it just direct? It is 100% direct, and it's consciously direct. And it's not just PayPal. You could purchase by whatever means, right? But, but my premise is rather, I feel like direct-to-consumer is a major opportunity. And so if I'm going to preach that my artist should have the email address of their fans, I should have too. So hence that decision. Also, Amazon would say, Booty, your book is worth $2 because that drives more traffic to them because they do get the emails and they upsell those consumers. Hey, people who bought this book also bought. Sure. But I then don't know who that person is. Mm -hmm. Plus, I control the pricing. So the basic plan for the book is going to be $19. 
not because it's $19 to produce a PDF, but because the value we deliver justifies that. Um, so, so the book includes all of this. I update it every year. I'm actually working on the third edition now. You know, SoundCloud iterates quickly, and this whole SoundCloud digital game moves quickly. So this new edition is going to be maybe even twice as big as the last one. And then there is the Music Marketing Academy, which we launched in October. And basically, it's our online curriculum. It's 15-plus hours of video content where we take you from developing a vision, a mission, strategizing for what you're going to be as an artist, how you're going to stand out, to branding, finding an illustrator, visual artist, bringing yourself to markets, establishing a social media presence, websites, websites, hosting all that stuff, to blogs, YouTube channels, finding their details, rolling that out, structuring releases, and um, so forth. And it's yeah. kind of a customer journey, right? Are you... Um well, do you have, and if you don't, are you thinking of any sort of a book on streaming services like Spotify? Because that's a whole nother exploding world now. How do you market yourself on Spotify? How do you, well, you and, and, how do you how do you use Spotify? Yeah, and you've put out I've read your Spotify best practices um that you uh have up. And and that's that's an area, you know, to Michael's point that is, you know, it's becoming kind of the new radio as downloads, you know, decrease quickly and people move to streaming. Um, it's really incumbent upon managers, agents, people like us to make sure that those artists are in playlists. And those playlists, like we mentioned earlier, you know, there's some you know, really powerful on the EDM side. There's really powerful user generated, but that's not necessarily the case in country and pop and mm -hmm. rock. Um, do you have strategies for, you know, as Michael's asking, do you have strategies on the streaming side? Yes and no. I was actually, I'm sure you guys know the Medem conference. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah, I, I was actually just looking at a panel on Spotify streaming for the Medium conference. And very interesting because it was about Spotify streaming, among others. So I'll make sure to share this to you because I, th I think the viewers and listeners will get a lot out of this. Yeah, share the link. Um, we'll post it. Yeah, so the reason I say yes and no is because, yes, we can talk about how it works. But, but there's also this unfortunate side note with, and that is that it's a very closed-off platform. And mm -hmm. so exactly, and we've we, we've talked about this in past episodes where there's you can find the playlist easy enough, but to find the person who curates the playlist, good luck, right? Yeah, so I can definitely shed some light on this. So so basically, the okay back in the day, Spotify ten years ago, right? used to really empower independent consumers just to create playlists and then also index those on the browse feature, right? Today, of course, the majority of plays are going to be driven through the browse tab where people look to playlists, right? And then those playlists are going to go to specific assets, specific releases, who are then going to get that royalty rate for that play, right? And what's happened in Spotify needing to license from the major labels, now being Warner, Sony, Universal, is that the majors, in exchange for giving licenses to Spotify, have taken a share of equity in the company, mm -hmm. but yeah. through doing that, have also leveraged two other things. One is they got a share of the advertising spend on the platform. So basically, on, if you're a free consumer on Spotify, 
and I take it you guys are both paid, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, so you but don't. We understand. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so basically, if you're a free user, there's ads ran to you, and a segment of those ads are going to be audio related ads. So it's going to be, hey, check out Adele's new album, right? And you can buy that stuff. So we, as a record label, we actually deliver straight to Spotify. So, so we don't have a distributor in between. And, and that's allowed us to sort of see beneath the veil a little bit. Um, and you could pay for that stuff. You could say like, hey, I'm going to allocate $2,000. And obviously there's a minimum spent, let's say $5,000 for this next release. And then we'll run ads to the free users, which will then drive traffic to the release, which is going to contribute towards charting indexation. Right, so maybe uh, viral charts US, for example. So, so the majors through their deals also got a pre-allocated share of the advertising spend, but also of the editorial spend. And I was just reading an article. I'll also send that to you guys. That the latest estimates are that about six percent of the editorial content, so think playlists, right, on Spotify are curated by the majors. And there's like a small percentage that user, that's user curated, but the large majority think 90 plus percent is curated by Spotify themselves. That's right. Mm -hmm. And the way they do that is by human touch, but partially also through algorithms. So basically the playlisters, right, the editorial team, they, they basically get a team, for example, study music. So they'll be like, okay, they'll twist some knobs in their back end to refine the catalog down to like a smaller bunch and they'll pre-select for low tempo, no vocals, this kind of mood and then from that they'll compile playlists. It's very interesting actually that they compile the playlist also looking at the performance of particular tracks. So if people leave the playlist, they skip based on particular tracks, they'll move them out, move in new tracks. Yeah. And so what you'll see is that once the asset starts getting traction on the platform, you may get put in one of the smaller playlists and then if you perform well, they're going to upgrade you to a higher position on that playlist. And then if that performs well, you get upgraded to a higher tier playlist. And I think there's like three tiers. And so that's like the journey a track could travel. Yeah, ideally, that's the way it should work. Unfortunately, in practice, it's not working that way. For example, if you take some of the genres outside of the top four genres, um, let's take jazz, for example. You look at their top six jazz playlists, which I've done. And you'll notice that there's very little activity, meaning that some of them haven't been updated in a year, mm. either by algorithm or by human curation. Um, and when you've got people pitching them for, say, blues, you know, uh, Americana, jazz, some of the you know classical, some of the smaller percentage um, genres, you're going to find that those playlists are not getting attention. Um, the the I'm sorry the Spotify curated ones are not being updated regularly, and I've checked them just like in this last week, and there was one uh, jazzy romance which is a very popular jazz playlist. Um, it was updated with one track, um, and I think that when you talk to Spotify about it, yes, that you know some of their you know editorial team members are moving to different spots or leaving the company and those types of issues but i think primarily their focus is on you know the the country and the top hits you know and some of those kinds of things and some of these smaller genres 
they're they're just not getting updated and that's i i understand what you're saying about how it should work and maybe that's how it's working in EDM or maybe that's how it's working in country and pop but outside of that there's not a lot of attention being made and it's really frustrating for those artists and managers in those genres of, of course I, I wasn't aware actually because, yeah. because what we've been noticing actually is that even the the niche genres the small artists have been picked up and and i i feel the traction we've been getting is not per se in the genre specific playlist as it has been in the mood or activity exactly. specific yeah ones. yeah um yeah, and you can check maybe, the date. Maybe. You know, they list a date on each one of those playlists on every track in the playlist. Yeah, you yeah, can yeah. see when it was added. And it's interesting to go into those playlists and see which ones are, you know, constantly updated and which ones aren't. But I think you're absolutely right because I went in and looked at a, a chill playlist mm-hmm. and that thing was updated regularly. Yeah. And maybe one of the things you could do actually is for any of those niche genres, look at an artist who is performing well on Spotify, then go to their About page, and at the bottom right corner, you'll be able to see what spot, what playlist they were discovered on. And then something we're finding is, and, and this will answer the previous question, is how do you actually pitch to Spotify? In all honesty, unless you have a direct deal or you have very good relationships with an editorial team, it's not smart to even try pitching direct because they get so much content, right? They, they get more than 20,000 tracks delivered per day. You know, it's, it's not reasonable. There's for not enough, teams. yeah. Well, exactly. yeah, well, yeah, it's, it's like it's not reasonable to expect that they're able to listen to all the songs. So they force everything into this feature request form, which everyone is pushed to. Sure. Both the major labels, the distributors, ourselves. Indies, yeah. Yeah, and obviously you could argue that... If you have a better relationship with the editorial team, your odds of getting indexed are higher, obviously. But at the same time, we've had tracks where we submitted stuff and we never were communicated that it was going to get playlisted of artists with no following. Whilst we didn't meet the editorial team yet, it just got traction. Me so, too. Yeah. So yeah. So so they're, they certainly are on top of their game, and I actually feel they're not discriminating. Um, yeah, and and one of the things actually in this. Uh, this video I was referring to that I'll link to you guys is that the the Win Association is actually doing a push for an independent playlist on Spotify that will be the equivalent of you. You of course know Topsify is Warner, right? And uh, right. Digster right. is Universal, and right. Filters is Sony. But then they're going to want one for the independent, so like for for the Impala and Aim and Win members. I think that's very interesting because then we're going to get a little bit more control over what we can place. Yeah. This is a fascinating discussion. And, and uh, you know, unfortunately, we're already like 40 minutes into this. We could just go down yeah. this, this the Spotify, the streaming, the playlist rabbit hole for another hour. Um, you know, would you be uh, open to coming back at a future time and taking that on and going into that in even more de- in depth? Yeah, absolutely. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's- let, that that would be great. This. I mean, the, the the SoundCloud discussion um, was was amazing. Um, you know, here before we forget, plug away. Where can people um, find you online? Where do you want to send people to online? Where can they get the book? Sure, just go to my name dot com. So bootyvoke From there, you'll find everything. Can you yeah, spell and, that? Yes, yeah, sp- spell that for everybody again. Yeah, so that's B U D I. V double O G T dot com. 
but I'm sure you guys are going to link that Yeah, up. no, we'll, we'll link to it, but but keep in mind, you know, we've got people who listen on iTunes and stuff like that, so... Oh, um, right. I, I want to make I want to make sure that they they can they can hear the proper spelling and the domain and everything else. I appreciate that. Well, one one thing I would then say is uh, for this course, the Music Marketing Academy, we actually give away like an hour and a half of free content. So if you go to my site, you see this little ad says Music Marketing Academy. Yeah, you are free to sign up, and you'll get a bunch of free stuff. Perfect. Great. Beautiful. Booty, great this, this, with this, you. This, this was great. I mean, I found the the SoundCloud discussion fascinating because, you know, I think that's one of those networks that everybody could learn more about how to use SoundCloud and yeah. boy, the streaming services. That's just uh, yeah. It's a whole and as you said, you know, worms. with SoundCloud, it it changes week to week. You know, it's very dynamic. So I mean, we didn't you know, we didn't even get into the new. Paid service, paid streaming service. The what are Sound SoundCloud Go or whatever they're yeah, calling yeah, it. Yeah. I mean that that can be a whole nother discussion, which uh-huh. I would love to do because Jay and I have talked about it, and mm-hmm. and we yeah. got some we got some thoughts about that for sure. But uh, yeah, let, yeah. Let, let let's let's circle back and do this uh, at some point yeah. in the future again. Great yeah, talking okay. with you, Booty. Uh, great stuff. I'm I'm going to check out your book. That's really great. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much. Appreciate that, guys. Thank you for All having right. me. Cheers. Bye. Okay. Bye. That was such a fun discussion. That really um, was. You know, I, you know, I said it. I said it during the interview, but the the SoundCloud stuff was just just great. You know, there's not a lot of how to use SoundCloud out there, and I think mm-hmm. like you and I first said, most people use it from a pure utilitarian standpoint. Sure, I got to just deposit some files somewhere. It's like but Dropbox. It's a Dropbox for music, exactly. Yeah. So, and now I'm kind of excited about going in oh, and trying. God, some God I was ta- I was taking tons of notes as he was. Why I took notes I'm to something that I book. can I can listen to my own recording. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to buy that book. I, I'm I think buy it's the be book. Interesting and just because he was so cool to come on and talk with us and. Uh, you know, from the Netherlands at, you know, whatever it was, six o'clock at night. Um, yeah, I thought it was a really great discussion, and I'm looking forward to having him on again because I think we could, uh, you know, go down the rabbit hole and, and many so other much, Yeah, actions. there's so much more. You know, what, yeah. what, I, what I would love to throw out there for, for listeners and viewers from a homework standpoint, do you have any tips and tricks of how you use SoundCloud? Beyond the, oh, I upload it and, you know, I send the links out and people can listen to my music. Now, what have you done to grow your followers, to get the reposts? How do you actively use SoundCloud as uh, as a way to find fans, engage with those fans, um, get them to convert? You know, I would, exactly. love, to, I w- I would love to hear more of that stuff. Yeah. SoundCloud, again, to me is just the, it's one of the great unknowns. Yeah. Yeah, great show. Um, All right, so leave your comments uh, wherever you're watching us, listening to us, reading about us. Let us know what you think, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, everyone.